Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. The book of Acts, chapter 17, starting at verse 16, you will find these words. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers, and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him, and some said, What does this babbler want to say? Others said, He seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods, because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, may we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak. For you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear something new. Saints, I just want to talk to you a few moments from the thought, Mars heal, Mars heal. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. The book of Acts, amen, a historical narrative Amen. That narrates the lives of, of at least John and Peter and also a majority about the Apostle Paul and his three missionary journeys. Uh, the book of Acts was written uh, by the physician Luke, a very a dear friend of Paul. And it was written to a dear friend of the physician whose name is Theophilus. He wanted Theophilus to understand the things of the church. He wrote Luke to teach him about the head of the church. He wrote Acts to teach him about the body of the church. And so we find ourselves in the 17th chapter in a very interesting place called the Areopagus. The Areopagus, amen, is a place within Athens, amen. It is an interesting place which is also called Mars Hill, which is where we get the theme of this particular sermon. Mars Hill and Areopagus are the same because it is at the Areopagus where the Greek uh, mythology says that the god Mars Dwelled. He dwelled on the Areopagus. So we see that this place is steeped 
in idolatry. It is steeped in mythology. Amen. And here the Apostle Paul finds himself trying to plead with those, amen, at least some of them who should know better. I say that in our hearing because when we look at the text, we look at verse 16, it says, Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. This is very instructive for the believers today. I don't know if you've been looking around lately, uh, but our country is steeped in idols. You don't have to go any further than a quick glance over a few videos on YouTube to find out that we believe any and everything in our world today. You can find anything from pagan gods of the African nations all the way to Jesus Christ. It's a plethora of religious idolatry all over the place. There are some who even have Jesus as somebody else whom the Bible did not teach. We are living in a world full of idolatry. And as the Apostle Paul's heart or spirit was provoked, our spirit should be provoked as well. It is instructive that if we can go along the days of our lives in this world with all of the idolatry and all of the, the, the kind of injustices that are going on in our world today and don't be moved, then we need to check our relationship with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus was all about justice and he was definitely all about those worshiping his father and not other idols. Amen. Even God himself said, I am a jealous God and I will have no other gods before me. So this issue at the Areopagus and in the city of Athens is a serious issue because it's an issue of idolatry. This is the thing where Jesus Christ allows us to see and peer into the word of God when he refers us back to Old Testament scriptures where God had patience for only so long with that. It is one of the reasons why the northern kingdom ceases to exist. It's because of their idolatry. They had pagan idol worship and Dan and Bethel. Amen. And they were worshiping anything and everything except the true and living God. And after a while, the Lord got tired of it. He sent the Assyrians in to destroy them and destroy them utterly. Because God will have no other gods before him. Amen, because he is a jealous God. But sometimes in the passing of time, we are lulled into a false sense of security. After all, everything seems to be going fine. Amen, the world is going along. People are making money. Folks are getting married and giving in marriage. Amen, there are those living and then there are those dying. Amen. We are getting more and more creature comforts. Amen. And it seems like everything is going just fine. But the same God of the Bible, amen, the same God of the Old Testament is the God of the New. And there will come a time when God has enough and he will say enough is enough. And he will judge our nation because of its idolatry if it does not turn back to God. And unfortunately, it'll be at an hour that we don't expect. Amen. But you who believe ought to know the seasons. You ought to know that it's getting late in the evening and the sun is almost down. 
So we look at our text and we see that he was moved, amen, because of this idolatry. Here is one of the reasons why he was so moved is what we see in the next verse. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentile worshipers and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. You know, it's a crying shame for the believers to have to go wrestle with other believers, amen, about what we should be all on one accord. But if you notice in the text, Paul had to go reason, and this word reasoning here is mean he had to go in and be an apologetic, amen, amongst the Jews and the Gentile worshipers. He had to work with them because their doctrine was off. So their doctrine was off inside of a city was full of idolatry. There's a lot of work to be done in Athens, amen. And I'm here to say there's a lot of work to be done in our land today. He's, worth, he's wrestling with the Jews and the Gentiles about the reality of Jesus Christ. And Paul doesn't stop there. He leaves out of the four walls and goes into the marketplace. How often? Daily. Paul was so serious about the word of God and about salvation that he made it a daily occurrence for him to reason about the word of God. If you look at the text, he said, whoever happened to be there. Paul was striking up conversations and asking folks about what do they know about Jesus? Amen. He was talking to them about things. Now, undoubtedly, Paul had some opposition. Paul had some folk who probably cussed him out. Amen. But he knew the importance of sharing the gospel. It was so important. It was an important, it was a level of life and death. He was able to take some scorning. Amen. He was able to take some folks scandalizing his name because he knew it was a matter of life and death. Do we consider this? Do we think about how important it is to share the gospel? Or do we go along in our everyday life, amen, and let folks go whichever direction they want to go without at least sharing the word of God? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, amen? But we can share the gospel so that they have that which they are to make a decision on. Amen. Mama Dealwood says on many occasions, she goes, refers back to the Old Testament, that the Lord says, I put before you this day a blessing and a cursing. You choose. Amen. We have free will to choose. Amen. Whether we choose the blessing or the cursing. But it is our job as believers to tell it. Amen. And we ought to be moved in this world of idolatry and, 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 and bigotry and racism and and just everything else is going on today to be moved to share the gospel. Because it's by the gospel that hearts are going to be changed. Amen. It's by the word of God, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to whomever believes, to the Jew first, but also to the Greek. It's by the power of the gospel that men's hearts will be changed. And you and I have been given the blessing privilege to be able to carry this gospel. But are we concerned enough about the world to share it? Are we comfortable enough just being around one another and sharing it with us instead of taking it to the marketplace? Amen. We look at the text. 
Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him. And some said, what does this babbler want to say? Others said, he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. Verse 18 allows us to see that there are some extremes in any society. It's no different here in our world today. In Athens, there were the Epicureans, and then there were the Stoics. The Epicureans were those who say, uh, we are seekers of pleasure. We uh, do whatever our souls or ever our emotions desire us to do. They were hedonistic, if you will. And then there were the Stoics, and there were the Stoics all the way to the right, who believed that they shouldn't have any fun, that everything should be serious at all times. No laughter, no joking, no doing anything. So you got all the way to the left, the Epicureans, all the way to the right, the Stoics. But that's not so different in our world today. We have those in religious sects in this world today. Some of them want to go all the way to hedonism and others want to go all the way to no fun at all. But there's a balance and Jesus brought that balance. Even Jesus himself showed that there should have been a balance. But in this, this particular society, when you have those who are the extreme left and extreme right, you have conflict. Amen. And we have that very conflict today. We have that conflict in our political realm. We got extreme liberal and we've got extreme conservative. Amen. We got too many, too far to the right, too far to the left. Amen. And there's no balance. But this is the world that Paul had to minister in. And this is the world that we have to minister in today. This world of Athens is is almost like what we have going on today. The same kind of extremes, amen. So Paul didn't have it any easier than we have it today, amen. So we look at the text and we see that when, they, uh, when he encountered these philosophers and they encountered him, some said, what does this babbler want to say? I want y'all to know when you share the word of God to these folk in the world here, some of them is just like vain babbling in their ears. They hear what you're saying, but it makes no sense because their eyes are blinded to the truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But that didn't mean that you should stop, but all the most to keep moving forward. Some of them are going to say, some kind of fanatic. What kind of fanatic? What is this that they're talking about? They're going to laugh and they're going to smirk and they're, they're going to talk about you, but that's just what the landscape has set for us. Jesus says, if they persecuted me, so shall they persecute you. So expect it. Amen. That is not a reason to stop, but there's a reason to put the pedal to the metal. Amen. Look at the text. The other said he seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods. I want you to know that even in our world today, in this nation, Jesus is foreign to some folks. Jesus is not familiar to everybody. 
Uh, we have a melting pot in this, uh, this, this society that we live in. And some folks, Jesus is as foreign as Buddha or Confucius or, one of the, or, or Dagon or some of these other idols and other strange gods are. Amen. So we live in a world that's a mosh pad or a mosh pit of all kinds of stuff. Amen. So Jesus is not familiar to everybody. Amen. So when we look at our text, it is clear and it makes sense that they would say that he was a preacher or a proclaimer of foreign gods. Because he preached to them Jesus, which they did not know. And he preached to them about the resurrection. The Epicureans nor the Stoics believed that. The Jews had their own problems with it even of themselves, not to mention the Gentile worshipers. Amen. It's in the book of Thessalonians, though the books of Thessalonians, when there's this big argument that Paul is having with the Jews about the resurrection. So the Jews were not exempt from not understanding the resurrection either. So Paul had his hands full. Can you imagine how it must have been? Paul had to go in the church and wrestle, go out of the church and wrestle. There was no place where he was seeming to find folks on the same accord with him. Amen. We at least have, on some cases, we have some folks who understand the same thing as we do. But Paul was having trouble in the church and out of the church. Everybody was looking at Paul upside his head. Everybody was looking at him strange. Amen. But it was the same gospel that the people inside the church should have known, but yet they did not. So we look at the text. And we see, and they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, may we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak. The Areopagus. The Areopagus. It was the place where the philosophers like to hang out. It's the place where the ideas were, were shared on daily and weekly basis. Amen. So folk could ponder um, the, the intricacies of different thought. It was a place where folk did a lot of hearing and talking, but not a lot of doing. Why do I say that? Well, let's look at the text. It says, for you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear something new. So Paul is in a place where he is trying to reason with folks about the good news of Jesus Christ. And all they want to do is debate and debunk and argue about the intricacies of any particular thought. They were the philosophers. They weren't about doing anything. They were just about talking and hearing. Saints of God, I want you to know that those type are still here today. There are those who want to talk to you forever, but they don't want to do anything about it. They want to talk to you about Jesus, and they want to talk to you about the Old Testament and New Testament and everywhere else, but they have no plans to do anything about it. It's just another strange thing that they'd like to discuss. 
you're going to run into that as well as you try to minister in this world. Because we've got everything today as they had in the Athenians of that day. We got folks that just want to talk about it and not do nothing about it. We got folks who are too far to the right, too far to the left. We got folks who also deal with what we call cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance is when you say you believe one thing, but all of your actions say another. Cognitive dissonance is the whole idea behind uh, what went on during the reconstructed reconstruction period of this nation. Cognitive Cognitive dissidence is how white people could hang up black folk and burn them at a stake on Saturday, wake up in the morning and go to church on Sunday morning and say that they're worshiping Jesus Christ. That's cognitive dissidence. And that's going on in our world today as well. There are folks who are criminalizing and, and, and persecuting folk, but they say they love the Lord. All during the week, they're doing everything to damage folk. And then on Sunday, they're lifting up their hands and saying, praise the Lord. It's no different today as it was in that day. So expect it. So don't think that Paul was able to do all he did during his time because it was easier. No, it wasn't easier and it's not easy for us today. But it is what God is calling us to do. So today, saints of God, I just want for these few moments to encourage you to stay on the battlefield for the Lord. Even though you see these strange things and you see idolatrous worship and you see two folks to, going too far to the right and two folks going too far to the left, those who have cognitive dissonance, you see all of this strange stuff, the racism, the, the, the violence, and all of what we see in our world, don't throw up your hands. Don't throw in the towel, but keep working the work of him that sent you while it's yet day. Because it's still day, y'all. There are still folks who need to hear the word of God. There's still folks that need to be saved. Don't think because the world it seems to be going down into the abyss in a handbasket that it's time for us to fold up our tents and go home. No, we still got work to do until the master calls for the trumpet to sound and the dead in Christ rise, and they that remain shall be caught up in the air. We gotta keep running the race that's been set before us. It's a race of endurance, and we gotta run it to the end. Don't stop believing, don't stop trusting, don't stop witnessing, but run on to the very end. God bless you and God keep you, is my prayer. Amen. The doors of the church are open. Hello, Wisdom from the Word of God listening family. I want to once again thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you would be so kind, on whatever platform you listen to Wisdom from the Word of God, I ask that you give it a review. And when you give it a review, also give some specifics as it relates to why you enjoy this podcast. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, whether it's Stitcher Radio or iHeartRadio, 
whether it's Spotify or Anchor FM, whether it's Player FM, whether it's CastBox or Breaker, or any of the many platforms where you can hear this podcast. It would help us so much so that more can discover this podcast through seeing your comments and reviews and ratings, and hopefully this will give us more visibility and more distribution to reach more with the message of Jesus Christ. And once again, I am so thankful that you have taken out the time to listen to this podcast. And for your continued support, I will be forever grateful. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer.